Yeah, no, see, anyone from work listens to this, I'm fired. <laughs> probably. Day one. That is probably true. Like, I've referenced people, like, they don't know that it's them, probably. Like, vaguely, they'll remember. I did mention magazines <laughs> to him. Or I was really depressing <laughs> that one morning to Ian. And then they'll be like, oh, shit, that was him. <laughs> Just airing out their dirty laundry. Like, I- I'm not going to live down, like, telling this lady, oh, yeah, remember when you were asking me to buy uh, magazines for your eight-year-old daughter? Well, I went on my friend's podcast, it's this internet radio thing, and I told all of them that I really wanted to suck your dick. <laughs> Which he did. That's out there. That's <laughs> true. See, now it's I want to be investigative and find out who this woman was <laughs> and tag her in the next post. I almost <laughs> accidentally just said her name, too. That would have been, <laughs> been good. Mike, you gotta tag her in the 100th, because I'm pretty sure that's where we put that clip. <laughs> that, too. That, too. I can't believe that wasn't in the 50th. I'm surprised it took me that long to devolve my degeneracy. <laughs> this is your audition tape for the girl that sits next to you. If she listens to this and still wants to talk to you afterwards, I think you guys are made for each other. Well, you could play uh, the dating she... game. I think that would be an yeah. interesting one. So you and you enjoy going to cons and dressing up. I like talking about sucking girl cocks with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Not only just my friends. My friend puts it out there for everyone to listen to. So the entire world... And I don't stop know. talking about it. I keep going. <laughs> dragging myself deeper and deeper to a hole with girl cock. There's fucking lore about how much I enjoy sucking girl cock covered in googly eyes. Yeah, Ian has his own continuity now. Like, there's there's a mythology behind this that we all have to know. It's the only reoccurring story. Welcome to another episode of Brian and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stolls. Hello, podcast peoples. Back again is Mike Bradley. Hello. And Ian Leidick. Hey guys, check out my podcast, Contractually Obligated. It's a show I do of Hime-chan where we talk about how amazing Crunchyroll is and how the full Crunchyroll experience is desperately needed to watch. You must watch, please. Bye. What the fuck fell? <laughs> my controller <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Rogue Legacy I can't like set it down and I, I guess I kicked it but as as a professional I just I just rolled with it I figured it was one of your action figures or your statues no, my fucking dragon dildo <laughs> got me I knew it I knew it might be your worst intro ever I'm just saying <laughs> 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 um, alright I'm gonna try to begin this back on track or at least start the track. I don't think we ever really started. Uh, but for this episode, we're going to try to cover one trailer, some other news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con that we actually didn't get it to last week. We sort of ran out of time. Um, so we're going to try to go back and cover that stuff, and we'll get our first look at some characters for Deadpool 2, so we'll touch on that as well. So we're just going to get right into it, because Ian's probably going to, if we let him talk, he'll just delay us even more with random shit. So <laughs> starting with... Marvel's The Defenders, which is the only trailer we're going to have this week. So this is the trailer that they showed for, or when they were at San Diego Comic-Con a couple weeks ago. They gave us one last trailer before the team-up premieres, actually this week. I guess by the time this is posted on Monday, 
the coming Friday, the 18th of August, is when this hits Netflix, so it'll be out this week. Oh, damn, I forgot that it was that soon. Yeah. It's, um, But I guess, like, really, before we get in the trailer, who stuck it out through Iron Fist? Did anybody else watch it? I think we talked about it, it briefly on different occasions, but... Andy, you finished it. Mike, yep. Ian... Well, Ian doesn't have Netflix, so Ian can't watch. I watched a couple, but just couldn't continue. Okay. Like, I was I was just kind of like, uh, I, I can't... Yeah, it's a chore. It. Um, I don't know. Andy, do you have any... There were good moments, but it was by far the worst of all of the Defender solo stuff, season-wise. Yeah. Is it because it was slow? Uh, they changed or? showrunners for it, so I'm excited for uh, Iron Fist 2, actually. Uh, for the second season, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian, what were you asking? Was it because was it, it was slow, or like what was the issue? It's, was it not paced well, or just not It was fun? slow, the acting was not good, the direction wasn't real good, music-wise it wasn't real good. <laughs> <laughs> for some, so, for but it was on Netflix! So. Yeah. I mean, for a character that knows Kung Fu and is supposed to be really good at it, there's not very good fight scenes in it. Daredevil has better fights than Iron Fist, which I was hoping the opposite would be true. Uh, there were a couple of scenes that were okay, but it was still a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. And a lot of For what part, you would expect. I mean, yeah. a lot of it is Danny trying to get his company back, so there is an unnecessarily large amount of boardroom sequences that are very long and drawn out. I found those to be very boring. And I, I didn't really like the depiction of him as being like a born yesterday type of person. <laughs> yeah. He was real I mean, stubborn. Maybe, like, maybe that's the way he is in the comics or whatever, but I just always thought that he'd be a little bit more wise than he was. He just seemed like he was like a, a 12-year-old running around. Yeah. It, at the start in the comics, Iron Fist was kind of that way, but they kind of got over it quickly. And had him turn to the more wise kung fu type master that you would expect. Yeah, he never turned that corner in the show. <laughs> I mean, he's still kind of a dick, even in like the current comics. It's just he's... I don't know, I, I didn't feel like the type of dick he is in the comics was portrayed par- properly in the few episodes that I did watch. Yeah, I don't feel like he makes any type of character arc. Like, I feel like he's the exact same at the beginning and the end of the season. Okay. Which, you know, you watch all the other, like Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, they all have some sort of arc that they go through over the course of their season, so they come out a different person at the end, but Danny is just the same stubborn jackass he is right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see him play off everybody else, though. That I'm excited for. So, just from the trailer, what did you guys think of the trailer? Anything stuck out to you to get excited for? Um, I didn't expect Stick to seem like he was more on their side. I expected that to seem more the opposite. Oh, you expected him to be some sort of antagonist or something? Mm-hmm. Or at least more of an antagonist than it seems like he's going to be. Okay. Yeah, he might not be on their side, it looks like, but he's at least aligned temporarily with them. He, I mean, he could just be uh sort of playing that antagonist role maybe in like the earlier like the Daredevil stuff just to sort of prepare them for what's coming. I don't know. See how they spin it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be a, a spin on it in some way, but it just I don't know. He, he seems to I think he's gonna play almost a mentor role, it sounds. At some point, like 
I think he's going to start out kind of like you said, somewhat of an antagonist and some sort of something happens, I'm guessing between him and Sigourney Weaver's character and kind of turns him to help them. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Uh, anything else? I thought it was cool that Electra's going to be back. Yeah, I guess we kind of, I feel like we should have expected that only because like she disappears in Daredevil season two for some unnamed purpose, which seems to be heavily tied into the hand. The hand shows up on Iron Fist pretty prominently. And I mean, I guess they're supposed to be what the villain of this too, right? Mm, Seems like. So yeah, if she's if she's somehow is she like brainwashed? Like I can't figure out what the hell is happening with her. I wouldn't say I, I, she's brainwashed, but she's like resurrected by the hand. If you watched like all of Iron Fist, you would see that the the um the father of the guys that are running Rand Industries when Iron Fist comes back was resurrected and it kind of really fucks with your head so that's true yeah okay well so, he... uh, maybe it's not brainwashing it's just like what happens when you get resurrected by such means yeah because like oh yes yeah she i kind of forgot she i guess did die at the end of season two right of daredevil yeah yeah they I, they actually end daredevil season two with revealing that she's no longer in the little sarcophagus coffin thing didn't they no, I thought it was more that she was in there. Like, they put her in there, and then that was how it ended. Oh, okay, that's what it was. But she was out of the coffin and into the sarcophagus thingy. Yes. Okay. I don't know, it's been a while since I watched season two. Now you're making me want to go back and watch, because I don't know if I remember those details precisely the same. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, and I can't either. I would have to watch again. I'm, uh, I'm also curious. We still haven't gotten, like, the reveal of who... Stick was talking to in what Daredevil season one, the big muscular dude with all the scars that you can only see his back. Oh, see, I don't even remember that at all. Was that like in the finale of the first season? No, I don't think it was the finale. But Stick is definitely talking to somebody who looks like he's a badass, and he's just kind of like sitting like a kung fu master would, just kind of like in a meditative stance, and you only see his back, and it's all like scarred and stuff. Shit, see, now I am going to have to go back and watch, because I don't remember too much of any of this. So I was kind of curious if maybe that plays a part into the Defenders at all, because they didn't really do anything with it in Season 2. Yeah, I guess we'd hope that they would somehow explain it. Unless it's something they're setting up for, like, Daredevil Season 3 or something, I don't know. Oh, they could, yeah. Because Daredevil's definitely getting to Season 3, so that is that the... I can't remember, was Daredevil Season 3 the first one out of the gate after Defenders? Or is it like Jessica Jones Season 2? I'm not really sure what happened. I I want to say I thought I saw Jessica Jones was next. Okay. Because I I think all these series, all the solo series have gotten greenlit for another season. I just don't know the order in which they're shooting them and releasing them after Defenders. I would expect that you'll get Jessica Jones and Daredevil separate seasons, and I think you'll get a Heroes for Hire as opposed to a Luke Cage or a Iron Fist individual. See, I think they already announced Luke Cage Season 2 and definitely Iron Fist Season 2. Yeah. Really? 
Yeah, because I mean, they they changed showrunners for Iron Fist. There's there's no okay. telling that you know they they could show up in each other's shows, but they're not especially ordering the heroes after, for higher show. It is two, season two of both of them. Yeah, especially after like the whole Defender season. I mean, you would think that they would be co-mingling quite a bit. You'd hope, but I mean, the Avengers movies and stuff never. You know, they we had the team ups, and they all sort of go their separate ways for their solo stuff. So they could be doing that for the Netflix stuff too. I don't know. Well, that's true. I think yeah. it'd be easier to get TV people together for different stuff like this than movie stars and for yeah. for a big budget movie. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't come cheap to show up in a movie, right? I mean, at this point, nor does Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth, or you know. So yeah, so it might be a little bit more, uh, e- you know, easier for them to schedule something like that to get the TV, the Netflix characters together on occasion. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. I don't know. I'm excited for Defenders. I think it'll be fun to see all these guys play off each other. Um, definitely for Iron Fist, because I think he needed he needs the most work for me. Everybody else I'm already on board with, but I want to see something cool finally with Danny Rand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they film action scenes for you know, the power sets that you have playing off one another there. I think yeah. it'll be the way they filmed. I mean, at least for daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke cage, the way they filmed action scenes, I think it'll be interesting to see them all kind of put together into one big action scene. I'm sure we'll get at some point during the season. Yeah. They did uh, show a little bit of a preview of all four of them in a hallway fighting. So I feel like there's going to been a couple different, uh, shots or teases of like them fighting as a unit, like that hallway sequence. I think must be probably maybe the first time they all get together and sort of fight. Um, there's obviously some scene at a restaurant where it looks like they're fighting. Uh, some sort of underground mine or cave. It looks like where they're all together. Uh, so I just don't know whether that's over the course of the entire season. If that's like the first two episodes, like we don't know what what they're showing us yet. Because I don't even know how many episodes is this. Is this, I want to say like eight. Yeah, I thought it was a shorter season. Okay. I want to say oh, that's a, that's a bummer. Right. I'd like to see more than eight. I don't know. A couple of the seasons they've had so far felt like drawn out. Like Luke Cage felt like too too long to me. Like I feel yeah, like I Luke Cage could have been eight nine episodes and been just fine. But. Well, yeah, hopefully this means they streamline the story a little bit and we're going to have less filler and just eight episodes of just awesome shit. Did I hear a rumor that the Punisher was making an appearance? There is a trailer that's out there that's basically, it might be like the same exact first trailer, like not the one we're talking about for this one, but the, the first trailer that came before. It's the same cut of the trailer and then the last five seconds is just Punisher walking down a hallway. Now that's not to say... Like, I don't know if that's teasing his involvement in Defenders, if that's just, like, reminding you that he's getting his own show at some point. So, that could be... A, if if he's part of the Defenders, I would have wished they'd not put that little hallway sequence thing in the trailer. I would have rather just been surprised when he shows up on the show. I agree. So Are there any he, announcements to uh, when that releases, Punisher? That's a good question. I know they talked about doing it. I just don't know if they put out a release date for it or not. 
I feel like normally we get the release dates whenever they release like the first trailer. I'm just gonna try to Google it real quick. All it says is 2017. Oh wow, this year! Awesome. I was expecting That's... next year. Honestly. Oh no, that doesn't. That can't yeah. be right. That's the Punisher first episode date 2017. Oh, that can't be right. Yeah, because you'd figure Defenders is now. Then what? Jessica Jones would be maybe later this year sometime, and then Daredevil three and Punisher all next year, right? I mean, that's just guess though. All right, according to somebody who directed one of the episodes of The Punisher, let slip when the show is coming. Apparently, saying it's not airing until November. So it could oh, be this year. Could be November. Oh, wow. But that's, again, just kind of like he said, she said stuff. So I don't see any official release date from Netflix. So even if somebody said that, that could have been the plan originally. They could always move that plan to a different date. Push it back if they decide they they need more time with it or something. I don't know. Said uh, filming concluded in April. Oh, wow. So it's sooner than I thought. Yeah, so I guess it just comes down to post and how long it'll take for post-production and stuff or something like that. Plus, I mean, they don't want to... Netflix doesn't want to crowd a lot of their stuff, I don't think, together. So I don't know how much time in between Marvel Netflix shows they want. Three months seems kind of close together to me. I don't know. I'd prefer them to do it that way. You don't think you'll get burnt out if they just keep doing Netflix show, like Marvel show after Marvel show after Marvel show? Well, when was Iron Fist? Iron Fist was, what, about three or four months ago? Yeah, it was spring. March, sure. I, I guess that was March. Yeah. I, I mean, it, my whole thing is we get, every year, we get a season of Walking Dead. You get Game of Thrones, and people don't really get burned out. People are still watching after the eighth season, and I think... These... That's every year. I'm talking about like you could get it three shows in one year. Yeah. You don't think you that would that runs the risk of oversaturation? I mean, how many Marvel movies come out every year? Movies I can understand. They're only a limited two hour time limit. You're talking about like for this show, eight hours. A traditional Netflix show, thirteen hours. Which is not even nearly as much as how the network shows are, and people watch a bunch of those every year. The yeah, I guess those are just I don't know. More TV traditional. is a lot different. I yeah, think. that's the thing with Netflix. They want you to knock it out over the weekend, and a lot of people oblige them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that. Assuming it's, that if when this releases on a weekend, you have somebody watch all eight episodes, or when another season of a Marvel Netflix show hits, and somebody watches all thirteen episodes in a weekend, a three month mm-hmm. time period doesn't seem that far in between them. If you're just going to binge them in one weekend. Yeah, no, no one's watching these probably week to week, like slowing it out for themselves. Like, oh, it's that traditional network schedule. I love. <laughs> you know, they're just banging them out. I agree. And th- they're probably the, the, instead of being like, oh, I only got another month to the next one. It's oh, I got three months till the next one. You know, right? I know. I mean, I know there's some people that won't watch them that first weekend and finish it. Like some people just watch when they can. Sometimes that could be two, three mm-hmm. times a week. So, I mean, that still adds up. I don't know. I still feel like it kind of feels like they're close together, but that's that's me. Maybe I'm one Plus, of those I people that it, watches too, too far apart. 
it gives Netflix that thing too, where even if they you don't catch up in time, you're watching it at your leisure. Now you know you got this next thing. So why would you unsubscribe? You got it right there waiting for you as soon as you finish. True. Yeah. Keeping them on the hook. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll tentatively say then. I guess Punisher could show up in November. Sure. We'll see if we get a. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, if if you finish Defenders, that last episode leads into a trailer for the Punisher with the release date. Or 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 it spins into what the Punisher is going to be doing, maybe. Oh, you mean if he shows up, sort of spin off into his show, right? That could work. And then too. his no, show. The first episode will... just starts playing. Right. <laughs> they secretly release the Punisher series right after Defenders. <laughs> yeah, it's like the same video. You just keep watching. You're like, oh, why is this? Why is this episode two hours long? <laughs> that would be a fun way to do it. I kind of wish they'd do shit like that. Sneak something in like that. I think that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian, you got anything to add? Since I know you don't watch these shows, but did the trailer do anything for you? Not really. Um, they weren't that cool of fights, and like they were just really crowded hallways. And I was <laughs> like, eh, there wasn't enough jokes. And really, I could have used a lot more Daredevil. Ripley didn't do it for you? No. Mm. Or the Punisher. I really like the Punisher. He's super special awesome. Super super special. Well, we have to see. You gotta get a Netflix subscription then so you can watch at least the first two seasons of Daredevil then. Because you'll get your Daredevil and your Punisher all through there. I don't know. I got that great Affleck movie I just watch every couple of weeks. Which is? Oh, the Daredevil. Daredevil. I'm, I'm thinking like, <laughs> come on, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> For some reason, I, my my thoughts went to Zack Snyder's Batman v Superman. Oh, you're right. It's actually Phantoms. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else for Defenders trailer? Nope. Alrighty. All right. So this next one, topic wise, um, it hit I think right before San Diego Comic Con. It was not. I think it it came out. People expected it to be announced at San Diego Comic-Con. It was not, so we're just going to tack this up as a rumor right now. Um, but there is rumors going around that Warner Brothers may be working on a Harley Quinn versus the Joker movie. And this is this would be on top of Suicide Squad 2 and Gotham City Sirens, both of which will feature Harley Quinn. So, I mean, if, this, if they actually move forward on this, Warner Brothers and DC are really doubling down on Harley Quinn. So you get three other movies starring her. So I don't know. Do you guys think this is something they could be doing? Does this sound appealing to you? Do you think this is too many movies for Harley Quinn? Yeah. Are we positive that this is a live action? Everything that I read on this was saying Margot Robbie and um, Jared Leto are coming back for this. Okay, well. I mean, I guess Jared Leto is anxious to do something with the Joker since he got the short end of the stick in Suicide Squad. And I don't um, actually know if he's coming back in Suicide Squad too, so I don't know where where they put the Joker. Well, they they're gonna try and bleed every dollar they can out of people, and yes. Harley Quinn's the hot property for them because, well, because it's Harley Quinn and it gained popularity, I guess, quickly, and so they're. Jumping on that bandwagon, I think, a little too quick because there's not a whole lot there to work with. So, I mean, like, I don't know what stories they can tell with her. Granted, I don't follow the character too much in the comics, so I don't know what they're doing with her in the comics. If it's interesting enough to spin a movie out of something like that, but 
I don't know. Her her against the Joker seems like a really sketchy premise to me. I yeah, I don't I don't know who came up with the idea or why, but I I don't particularly like it. Um, Because I thought DC was supposed to be having like Jeff Johns oversee all these DC movies. Like I don't know how he's allowing them to just make whatever the fuck they want when they're still trying to make this connected universe when stuff like this seems to want to come out that doesn't, I don't feel like fits anywhere. Um, they're probably going to try really hard to turn Harley Quinn into a oh, yeah, hero. I'm sure. And if they're wanting to do that, it's uh, for obvious reasons. Um, they, they would want, just Harley Quinn to be a more family acceptable hero. So if she battles a true villain and turns against the person who made her evil, I guess they think that helps. Yeah, I'm wondering just like any any pitches for what story this could be to make them fight each other. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Um, both of their mothers are named Martha. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you stop fights, not start them. Well, it's it's, it's the opposite for villains. <laughs> Yeah, when they're crazy, it starts a fight because then they think they have the same mother. And so they think like, oh, wait, Martha's your mom? No, that bitch is my mom. And they fight over who gets to have Martha. They fight for the bragging rights of Martha. Yes. (laughs) Cracked it. You heard it here first, folks. Um, Anybody else want to chime in? Ian? Oh, okay. I'm real excited for this because I'm assuming Zack Snyder's directing it. And as my personal savior... That's a good news for me. So, my ideal movie, though, would star these two just bickering. Like, we don't know it's Harley and the Joker. It's just, like, two people bickering at, like, a diner. That's the first hour. <laughs> just them at the diner bickering. You still don't know the whole time. Thanks to Zack Snyder's genius use of shadows and cuts, that it's them. So, like, like basically the Pulp Fiction diner scene, but over an hour. <laughs> not to burst your bubble, but I'm pretty sure Zack Snyder is not directing this. Why wouldn't he? He's the architect of the DC. Not anymore, if you read the headlines. Zack Snyder's the architect (laughs) of the DC EU, as we all know from reading the headlines. So then this transitions into Batman showing up to try and capture the Joker. But then the Joker uses Harley Quinn as an escape device and she gets mad at him. And then she helps Batman capture him. And that's, that's the movie. I feel like that sounds vague. Now... He might be onto something because I feel like it sounds vaguely familiar to a DC animated movie that they are coming out with where Batman and Harley Quinn team up against them, assuming the Joker. Yeah, it's that, but we're doing live action. <laughs> oh, so the animated yes. movie is the test run of what this movie could be. Yeah, just like how they're going to do Killing Joke with this really shitty Joker and it's going to ruin Killing Joke more than the animated <laughs> Killing Joke. Yeah, maybe DC should take a lesson from what their what their animated movies are doing. What's hit or miss? Like, is this going to stop Suicide Squad from coming out? Because I'm real excited about number two. No, Suicide Squad 2 is happening. Uh, Well, is there, I'm just going to put this out there, a possibility that Harley Quinn versus the Joker, the whole leaks and rumors and everything, that perhaps it's just a subtitle for Suicide Squad 2? Um, I guess it could be, except that Suicide Squad 2 has already been announced. 
And if that was announced already, I don't know why they wouldn't just say, oh, by the way, now it's called Harley Quinn versus the Joker. Because they're testing it out to make sure people still enjoy these characters. Uh, yeah. I, mm, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's a real. Is it? Because this is DC we're talking about. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but I still feel like we're reaching here. Batman's first movie was called Batman vs. Superman Battle of the Marthas. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got a copy with different subtitles than me. Um, anybody else got anything to add for this possible movie? If we'll ever see it? I don't, I don't know. I'm surprised they, they would, didn't announce something at Comic-Con it? if this was happening. Yeah, they would have to do something very, very specifically for me to get me to be excited about this. Yeah. Any like what is there anything specific you'd be looking for then? I I it doesn't sound real good right now, so <laughs> I think they they have a lot of work ahead of them and they could do it well, but I'm not thinking they will at this point. I mean, unless they're just waiting to see how Suicide Squad 2 does and this the Gotham City Sirens does. It's the only thing I could think that maybe they're just delaying to see, you know, if people still want Harley Quinn after those, I don't know. You think they don't know how Suicide Squad 2 is going to do? I, I don't know. You think it's up in the air? <laughs> really going to improve that story? Maybe. I mean, like, get an even better musical soundtrack? Get even more likable <laughs> characters that blow stuff up? Get a competent villain? You think that's going to happen for Suicide Squad Because I don't know if they have David Ayer back, so if they switch directors, I don't know what it's going to do. Here's the whole thing. Suicide Squad 2 is a reach in and of itself. The further reach was already Gotham City Sirens. And then to reach even further and try and do a Harley Quinn versus the Joker seems just absolutely goddamn ridiculous. Yes. Yes, I agree. Oh, but, like, Gotham City Sirens at least has, like, characters people, like, like and, like, know of. Well, Suicide Squad just, like, threw Will Smith and Harley Quinn at you. Yeah. No one was carrying it out for Captain Boomerang. I feel like he's got a no little cult there following for... somewhere. There, there's somebody out there that really wants Jai Courtney. I mean, very I was specific happy when Australia I, you know, at first when they announced Suicide Squad, they said Killer Croc was going to be in the movie. I was like, oh, that should be fucking awesome. And then Killer Croc is like five foot fucking six. And I'm like, that that's not Killer Croc. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that, would, that was not Killer Croc. That was... A, fat nightcrawler I, I don't know <laughs> it just it, it upset me greatly that they screwed that up and all the rest and it just it i at that point i don't trust the teams they're with to handle the characters like you're saying these beloved characters that people really like in gotham city sirens what are they gonna do with them because they really only got one character right and will smith did his own thing to make the other character work in suicide squad yeah, well, this I Gotham mean, City Sirens is what the female characters Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy and any and you got one more. You're gonna nail it, uh, Catwoman. Yeah, hey. there we go. The holy trifecta of DC Batman girlfriends. <laughs> yes, name another one. You can. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I they just work well together. I think like the person well, the personalities presented most oftentimes in the comic books. I think meld really well together. They're all playfully catty with each other, and you got, like, they're not all, like, super villains. Like, Poison Ivy now has become more of a environmental terrorist. 
Harley Quinn's doing her own. She's actually doing her own hero thing now. The Harleys for hire because that's original. <laughs> and Catwoman's always been kind of just on her own team. And she's been more recently teaming up with Batman more. So I think it kind of works because it's not Suicide Squad where they're getting together for some kind of suicide mission. This can just be them out having fun embracing what makes those characters the best instead of trying to force in this real quick Guardians of the Galaxy, but they're actually bad guys and not just like kind of haha bad guys. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, I'm on board with that. You're, you're selling me on Gotham City Sirens a little bit more, I think. Like if they get a good writer, which is tough for DC, and I guess you could say this, you could almost make the same argument for Suicide Squad, except I think these characters, people at least, people have seen all of these characters before. I agree. People, the general movie-going audience recognizes them, so I think it's a lot easier to bring that to the screen, and people would watch it even if it's more average than Suicide Squad. Like, you bring the same level of movie goodness, people would turn out to see Sirens more. Um, you're, you're talking about putting asses in seats as opposed to talking about quality film, because you're talking about characters that everybody cares about. You're talking about Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy. It, I didn't give a shit that they screwed up Captain Boomerang. If they go and they fuck up Catwoman or Poison Ivy, I'm going to be kind of upset. Like, it's going to suck, because you know what to expect from that character. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, but that's the risk DC's taking by making any more movies ever again. <laughs> yeah, they're all on the yes. chopping block. I mean, we're so close to them having to do a solid, like a hard reboot again. Like they're right on that fucking tipping point. Like, they are. Fantastic Four is somehow like competing, I think, with DC to make the worst fucking movie <laughs> franchises you can. And. Part of me just wishes they'd throw a billion dollars at Christopher Nolan and beg him back into it. Yes. Just just, just give him a billion dollars and say, make all of our movies for the next however many years work. And they'll yeah, profit year, off that he gets in to make an art film. Yeah, this might come down to how Justice League does. If Justice League tanks, which I, I feel like even if it sucks, people are going to go see it, so I don't expect it to tank, but... But that's the thing. I think DC is at the point where they, they don't want to just make their money back. They don't want to just make a profit. They want their own smash hit. And I think the reason that no DC movies are in production is because they're waiting to see what happens with Justice <laughs> that's League. That's true. Yeah. It's weird that they have zero movies in production and they're trying to build this whole wide-scale multiverse fucking thing. Yeah. Marvel's got five movies in production constantly. They know their schedule for the next 20 years. <laughs> DC can't even film two films at the same fucking time. <laughs> well, and, and I think that, that they dropped the ball already on Justice League. If that's what they're looking to kick off the franchise, they said, okay, Steppenwolf is going to be our villain for this movie, and it's going to lead into a movie that probably will never happen with Darkseid as the villain. They should have just said, fuck it, Darkseid's going to be our villain. G give everybody the big, huge, bad villain that they want. Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. I guess they're they're trying not to throw everything they have at it yet, which, you know, to Ian's point, doesn't make sense because they need a hit desperately. I mean, Wonder Woman was good. That's that's what they're going off of right now. So they're coming off a high from Wonder Woman, but we're all just waiting for the other shoe to drop and just wait to see the next terrible DC movie. If Justice League is it, would they throw all these characters and all this money at it? Especially with Wonder Woman being involved, coming off her own movie that was such a big hit like this. They're going to be in trouble. 
I mean, have you seen like the trailers and shit? They're already in trouble. I, I, I mean, I don't know. It just see. I don't think the trailers looked that bad, but I thought the trailers for Batman Superman actually was kind of good too. So I, I am still trying to reserve judgment until I see the full. This movie. to me looks almost like a rehash of Batman v Superman, just with a different villain. It, it looks like a similar process. Kind. Of, it might be just all third act. Because they're not going to be fighting... Like, the heroes aren't going to be fighting each other. They're already pretty much a team. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I get that part of it. They're not going to be fighting each other, but it's not... I'm not talking like a rehash of the story. I'm just saying it has the same tone and exact same feel. Well, I, that's Zack Snyder. That's that's what you get with a Zack Snyder movie. Right. That's what I mean. It's going to feel like the same movie. Yeah, I don't... Mm. It, I, I mean, I guess we'll have to see it, because... For all intents and purposes, I think Zack Snyder's done with the DC universe. I don't. I don't think he's coming back either by choice or if they're just not letting him. You know, it, I guess remains to be seen. So, after Justice League, from here on out, it's going to be different creators playing in the DC world, and you're gonna like you know Wonder Woman was the first movie after out of well no sorry second because David Ayer did Suicide Squad but out of the the bigger ones like Man of Steel, Batman Superman, Justice League. Those are all Zack Snyder, so we have one standout that's not his that is suddenly making a lot of money and doing really well. So if they get more creators in there to take their spin on it and play with these characters a little bit better, we might actually get some decent DC movies out of there. I guess it comes down to if they want to, though. Like, Would they rather have a hard reboot then than then just start in the new universe minus Snyder? I don't know. I feel like at this point they've gone a little bit too far to try to hard reboot everything. Well, that's the thing. We haven't had anyone else's origins. We haven't had the Flash, Cyborg origin stories. Like they could still. Yeah, I think. Well, I think they're. It could be a soft reboot where you just bring it out of the Snyderverse with these new characters and do their prequel movies. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a thing they do. Everybody gets their own prequel origin story. Especially if they're going to do fucking time travel, then they can just do whatever they want. Well, yeah, that's their. That's their out. Like, if, if this universe sucks that Zack Snyder created, and they need to go a different direction, time travel Earth is the way two. to do it. Yeah, or, oh yeah, or the multiverse. Like, they could they could do something like that. So, yeah. We, we've sort of segued from Harley Quinn and Joker into Justice League talk, so I don't really know if we want to come back around to Harley Quinn and Joker and sort of cap it off, or just move on. I don't know if there's too much to say else about Harley Quinn and Joker. They have a very small space for um, a good movie, in my opinion. They ha- they have a lot to fuck up, and I the odds are not in their favor. <laughs> they really have to work around Jared Leto. <laughs> that too. Yeah, I don't know if he's anxious to come back and do some more Joker stuff, or if he's just like, I need a break. I'm done. You guys fucked me over on Suicide Squad. Because we don't even know, like, if they move forward with this Batman movie with Ben Affleck, that apparently is now being rewritten and all this stuff since they changed directors. I don't know if we're going to get Joker in the Batman movie or if they're going a different villain. Like, that's all up in the air, too. Like Joe Manganiello? (laughs) Right, yeah, he was confirmed back when Affleck was doing the movie to be in it, and now he doesn't even know if he's involved in the movie. So, we'll see. 
And that can segue into your Deadpool thing if you want. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I got that for last. We'll save that for okay. last. Oh, I was going to segue it with Joe Manganiello needs to turn up his Slade Wilson for can't... <laughs> just just for the hell of it. Why not? That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to another thing that dropped from San Diego. Um, this was at the panel for Legion, which is the X-Men related um, TV show on FX. Uh, the creator of that show, Noah Hawley, teased another project that he's working on for Fox, and he teased it using two words. He said the first word is Doctor, the second word is Doom. So, how would you guys like to see a Doctor Doom movie from the showrunner of Legion and Fargo? Did you guys more than I want to see a Fantastic Four movie? I mean, this could be basically the... I feel like if they wanted to, they could do this as like the Fantastic Four origin from the point of view of Doctor Doom. Okay. If they wanted to. It's what everyone's clamoring for. Well, no one's clamoring for anything Fantastic Four at this moment, but Fox needs to make a Fantastic Four movie. Like, that's what needs to happen. That's, yeah, that's why he announced it. That we all know that this is exactly why it's getting right. made. The pro- They're like, fuck it, we fucked up the first three times. Let's try it with a different character, but who cares? We're keeping these rights forever. Yep. That's that's basically it. I mean, what I'm trying to propose to you guys is, do you think we'll ever actually get a good Fantastic Four movie? Could this be one that sounds good? It has to happen on good? accident. So this is the guy that is the um, showrunner for Legion and also the showrunner for Fargo? Yes. Okay. Both series on FX. So he's um, trying to craft some sort of Doctor Doom movie. What what I'm unclear of cuz all he did was tease, you know, Doctor Doom. So we don't know what there's no details of the movie yet other than like we're working on this. So I don't know if this is supposed to be like a continuation of 2015's Fantastic 4, if they're going to come back with those same actors as the Fantastic 4, if they're just going to wipe that and reboot everything. Like I I don't know. Another Fantastic Four reboot is probably still better than bringing those characters back. Yeah, I mean, I think they'd, they'd need to. If they want to get on people's good grade, like have any chance of people that seen Fantastic Four from 2015 want to see this, I think wiping the slate clean from that movie is the way to go. Yeah, because that was a fucking disaster. Yes. So I don't, you know, this could come back to like, like, I don't know if Noah Hawley's directing it. I don't know if he's... He's probably writing it, I would think. Because I don't know if he directs even for the TV shows. Um, so it could come down to, like, who they get to direct, and obviously the cast. We'll have to see who they cast for Doctor Doom. And if the Fantastic Four are even in this. Like, I don't know what they would do if the Fantastic Four aren't, but... I don't know. You guys have any ideas for what a Doctor Doom movie could be? You want to... I think it would be cool if they did a uh, Doom 2099. Uh, I don't know if I know that comic. Yeah, I don't. Inform. Uh, he's basically like the, the leader of the free world in, in 2099. Okay. Does he, he have like extra he's... powers or anything? Or Not, No, but he just, he, he you know, situates his, he situates himself as, you know, the, the, most powerful being on the planet. <laughs> like he, he's like the, he's at the top of the pyramid, you know? Gotcha. All and right. He, he's, he's still just as 
you know, evil, evil as before. <laughs> but you know, all the propaganda says, you know, like, hey, you know, doom's the way to go. So similar to a Norman Osborn Iron Patriot, then. I'm not overly familiar with that. So. <laughs> Everyone's comic book references are not overlapping at this point. Did you never read Siege? No. I mean, I'm on I'm on board with you, Mike. I know what you're talking about. Okay. I just Andy must not. Gotcha. Read Siege sometime. It's not bad. It's a like a Marvel Universe event. Okay. Um. Basically, Norman Osborn positions himself to be the savior when the Avengers fuck up, and he eventually becomes in charge of Shield. Ah. Huh. Well, he gets elected president, too. Oh, yeah, if you want to go further. Yeah. But, anyways. But he gets his own Stark tech, and he is <laughs> he is the Iron Patriot in the comics. It was not James Rhodes. Mm-hmm. It was Norman Osborn. So, like, but Andy's Doom 2099, is that a lot different from when um he was God Emperor Doom, like, three events ago? What they were doing that event? Yeah, that was Secret Wars 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not real sure. The, the... He basically just becomes God Emperor. The, so. the 2099 uh, timeline really didn't last very long. <laughs> I mean, what did they have? They had Spider-Man 2099, Doom 2099, X-Men 2099. That might have been it. I think the Spider-Man Pun- one Punish- is still going. Punisher 2099? I think I think they still have Spider-Man 2099. I mean, if they did, there has to be a, been like a reboot. There's no way it's still well, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. the original run. Yeah. But I mean, like that... that comic is still out there they're still using the character places well here's my hope for a doctor doom movie for what they don't do and that would simply be do not turn him into an anti-hero oh yeah doom is has always been one thing evil no matter which way they've gone about it he's done things to help the avengers but only for his own purposes and it's never truly good intent behind the shit he does. It's always his own evil plot in some way for power. Well, this is this is the catch-22 I feel like that they're going to they're going to be stuck on is because if they if they want to stay true to the character like you're saying, he has to be pure evil. Problem is if they make him the protagonist of the movie, how do you root some root for someone that is that evil? Of the pressing backstory, like pre Doctor Doom, you make him like some picked on diseased freak. <laughs> well, that's that, why like, I was thinking, like, if they frame the it science, like through the, you know, the Fantastic Four origin that he is involved in, and you see it from Doctor Doom's point of view, you could you could frame it where he gets screwed over by Reed Richards and and all of them. Where he's always picking on them, throwing them in lockers and shit. Yeah, with sure. His fucking Let's sci-fi tech. Go the high school route. Yeah, why not? <laughs> So I assume they're in high school in this. Oh, you think it? Well, that's true. I mean, if they want to kick off a franchise, you got to cast for it, cast young. No, well, I think the only way to not make it where he's already a villain is to do his origin story, and I think the only way to do the origin story like would be him being young. I think like him in his late early twenties, it's hard to still portray him as a likable character at that stage of his life. Okay. You know, I think he would have gone through some shit before then to transition into him being a. Not, like, first, like, kind of a dick bag, <laughs> then, like, a low-grade, like, Spider-Man, like, D-list villain, to finally being, like, the fucking edgy, like, God Emperor Doom we all love. You gotta, like, get there, <laughs> and I think you gotta start young. You don't, like, just flip the switch at 27 to God Emperor. So this is gonna be, like, Doom Through the Ages. Yeah, that's the name of the movie. <laughs> 
Uh, anything else for Doctor Doom? Is anybody even excited for this? Would anybody see this? No, one? no one is, Brian. <laughs> Stop asking, Fox Plug. I, I mean, this guy's done good job with Legion and Fargo, so I mean, it, it, it th- there's potential. Um, the last few Fantastic Four movies really don't speak a lot to that potential, but well, here's oh, the difference: I mean, is that I think Noah Hawley, I think, gets a little bit more creative freedom on FX. If he is making a big budget superhero movie that's supposed to be a tentpole for Fox, and just like the other Fantastic Four movies, I think the studio gets involved and says, no, you can't do that. We want it done this way. And anything that he wants to do gets sidelined for the greater good. And then we get shit movies. Well, so No matter how I, I don't know. good what previous work people have done is, I will always have one response. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, but who do you blame for that? Studio or people involved? Creating? Everyone. Anyone who was involved in that movie that didn't stop and say... Like, the the guy holding the friggin' boom mic that didn't stop and say, Guys, whoa, you gotta stop. It, like, it... it, it, it it's just... I think you give these people too much credit that they're gonna stop a production after they spent that much money. Studios are more likely to realize they have shit and just get it out because they're tired of paying for it and they just want to recoup some of the money they spent on it. I'll give you that. That makes sense. But that Kevin Costner Nine Lives movie, they took like six years to release that. (laughs) He's a fucking cat in it. That's the fucking movie. Kevin Costner's a fucking cat. Is that Kevin Spacey? Yeah, but it's funnier if you say Costner. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is there a second cat movie with Kevin Costner? Yeah, I was confused for a minute. Wait for it to come out. You'll be like, oh, Ian, how'd you know? <laughs> Ian's predicting the future. Directed by Zack Snyder. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't I don't know. I, I'm with Andy. I like the creative mind behind it. I think Noah Hawley could do a, a decent spin on this. Like, I want to see his take on Doctor Doom. I think that could be cool. I just don't know if when the final movie is released, if that's what we'll get. Well, do you think it's still at the point where Fox is going to throw a bunch of money to make it like a triple A blockbuster, or they'll like give him like forty mil and tell him to just like trick it out, do whatever he wants? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, maybe they'll they'll learn something from Deadpool, and they'll put like sixty five million into it, and let him do what he wants. That way, if they lose some money, it's not a lot of money. And plus, they just kind of want to keep the rights. They don't really care, probably. Right, that too. And it's easy to recoup well, sixty-five million box office with a character like Doctor Doom. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know they, that that character alone will draw in more than that in the box office. So, I mean, is he attractive for like the people that don't know comics want to see him? He's still one of the biggest villains, and there's enough comic fans out there that will draw in that much money. I could, yeah, I could see like first weekend making bank. Just from comic book fans and stuff like that, but I don't. I don't see the general audience being like, "Oh, Doctor Doom, yeah, let's." I totally know who that is. Let's go see that. No, definitely not. But if they release it at the right time, like this is going to have to compete with nothing. Yeah. Uh, good luck with that. Yeah. Nobody wants to release stuff in January when there's nothing out. They should, because I feel like I still want to go see movies in January, and there's nothing. Well, I've been making that argument for years. Is that People pick, there's like three or four times a year when people release stuff and they put it all on top of each other. If you space it out, you have a better chance, I feel like, of making money on your picture instead of putting it right behind something that makes a shit ton of money the week before or the week after. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the problem with January is it's right after Christmas where everyone blows their money on Christmas gifts, so everyone doesn't have yeah, money. Yeah, but <laughs> every Christmas, how many Fandango gift cards do you get? You know? None. I get, I get <laughs> at least once. one person gives me Fandango <laughs> gift cards every year. Not a movietickets.com app one? <laughs> <laughs> do they have that shitty X-Men uh, trailer? It's still playing. Oh yeah, it's still playing. I went never changed. I went and saw Wonder Woman last month at uh, North for Sales, and it was still that movie ticket app thing is still there. I no, I love over the years they keep having to redub it because it changes, but they refuse to film a new one. <laughs> Commercial so terrible. Like no, why, why, why does Doug? That's the Wolverine character. Why does he only have one extra ticket when he knows his three friends are waiting in line? <laughs> Why doesn't he get tickets for them, too? Because Doug's a dick. And he buys one, and he gives it to none of them. He gives it to some lady, <laughs> like five people behind him. I feel like we have to give our listeners some context. I'm going to try to find this commercial. I'm going to try to find this commercial and post it on the Facebook page, just for a reference point. If anybody wants to see how terrible this commercial is, if you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's been out for like 20 fucking years. It's, it's so old now. Are you are you researching it right now, Ian? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ian will find it. We'll put it up on that Facebook page. It's weird. There's like apparently more than one. <laughs> they have other trailers, I guess, for other movie theaters. Apparently we're just in the short end of the stick. We get the same one for the last six years. Uh, All right. I think we'll move on to we got some Ghostbusters stuff to talk about. Um, IDW, which is the comic book publisher who does the Ghostbusters ongoing comic, they announced they're doing a second crossover with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So this is supposed to start November 1st. It will last for five weeks. Um, they did this, I don't know how many years ago, but there there was a four-issue comic that they did with the Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. Um, which I picked up and read. I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. Um, did anybody read or see about the first crossover at all, besides me? I did not. I did not. I knew it existed. Okay. Um, well, I don't know if you guys... Are you guys even interested in, in the second uh, crossover that they're going to try to do? Does that interest anybody besides me? <laughs> what does it even do? Like, how how do they even do anything together? How does anybody ever cross over? Interde- interdimensional portals... Okay, but no, no, but I mean, like, one of them fight ghosts that you can't, like, touch, and the other ones fight, like, mutated rats. Yes. How? Mutated rat like, ghosts. What, what? Yeah, well... Is that what happens, Brian? No. Oh, wow, big ghost surprise of- <laughs> there. Big IDW dropping the ball. Ghost of Shredder. I mean, granted, you get some of the coolest stuff that I've seen, which is basically Donatello with a proton pack, which I thought was fucking cool. All right. But I guess so. You just buy it for the covers. The, I, I think the little blurb I read for this one is that somehow the the turtles get trapped in a ghost dimension, so they need the Ghostbusters to pull them out and save them, and then they team up on oh, whatever wow. put them there. Okay. I mean, it, for me, you're talking about two of my most beloved franchises from my childhood. So I am all yes. in on. I will absolutely check these out, and I'm going to look up the other one that you sits out there already. And I'm yeah. gonna do, get into both and hopefully enjoy because it's just because honestly, like I, I could care less what's bringing them together. Just the fact that they are together, like just I think it's written really, really well. The way that the turtles play off the Ghostbusters and vice versa, I just think it's a really interesting dynamic. 
Like, you never think about how similar personalities the four turtles are matched against certain Ghostbusters until they're put together in a comic book and they're talking to each other. Sure. Donatello and Egon and Venkman and Michelangelo and... Uh, I don't know if I got a Winston within the... I think it was more Leo and Winston, if I remember right. Yeah, I mean, just Winston's not a leader, so it throws me off a little, but... Winston and Leo have a... Other than that, they're similar. But, like, Mikey and Ray, mm-hmm. Raph and Peter Vankman. See, I, I, I don't know. I, we, anytime I think of Peter Vankman, I still always just think of Bill Murray being the funny one. And I mean, that's what they're basing it on. Like, if you if you read it at thinking of Bill Murray, I think it, it fits really well. Okay. So, do you read, like, the, tor- the Turtles normally, or did you only read, like, this crossover? No, yeah, I don't read the Turtles. I've read different trades of the Ghostbusters book, which I liked. Um, and then at some point I remember hearing about them doing the crossover and then I forgot about it and then I went to try to find it after the fact, um, and picked it up later, but I really liked it. I guess apparently like these crossovers are technically like in canon for the each ongoing comic storylines. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like whatever happens in the Turtles comic, you know, will, will take place after this crossover and like pick up where it left off and try to continue their story. So they may reference, you know, meeting people from another Manhattan or New York in, you know, on, in their ongoing series. Yeah, dude, bro, that pizza was good in the other dimension. <laughs> Check out issues one through four, editor's note. <laughs> yeah, it could be something as simple as that. I don't, I don't know. But for the sake of argument, we'll just say Ian's right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that was more just like kind of like a PSA. Like, I'm excited about it. I figured it, if anybody else is interested, it's out there for you guys. <laughs> you can check out that. Hey, guys, uh, buy this stuff I like. <laughs> So they make more of this stuff I like. That's one of those things. That's that the whole I, point of the show. I, I never realized this was out there until I started digging around and looking for it. So now that I'm aware of it, I don't know if everybody, what about the Transformers? everyone else is. You read the Transformers crossover ones? No. Who did they cross over with? Probably both of them, but I know they've done it with the Turtles. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be interesting. There was also a Transformers in My Little Pony. <laughs> That's probably the best one. Let's go right now, guys. I'll buy that for you. <laughs> Barnes and Nobles, here we come. <laughs> um, Alright, so some other Ghostbusters news came... Uh, I think this was a one of the panels they had at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I don't know what the panel was for, so obviously something Ghostbusters-related. Um, but Ivan Reitman, director of the first two Ghostbusters movies, the originals, you know, it's, he's not directing that female one, um, was on hand for the Ghostbusters panel where he mentioned that there may be two upcoming Ghostbusters movies... One that could release as early as 2019 to coincide with the 35th anniversary of the original. Uh, we had talked previously about a Ghostbusters animated series that would be set in the year 2050. So that would, that's a TV series. That's an animated TV series that somehow is still being worked on. Reitman talked about an animated movie that apparently focuses on the ghost world, where he claims this movie would be the perspective, from the perspective of the ghosts, so you'd be seeing and encountering the Ghostbusters from the point of view of the ghost, which sounds weird. I, so, so I don't the know. Ghostbusters you... become serial killers. I yeah, that that's could be where they. I mean, they probably won't because they want kids to watch this. But yeah, it it seems Isn't like it? that would be weird. So I don't know. What do you guys think of an animated Ghostbusters movie that is focused on the ghosts instead of the Ghostbusters? Well, the ghosts were always the characters that had the most personality in the original films. I think we all know that. <laughs> I think we all identified as the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in our childhood. 
I was like, oh, that character's got a lot of depth. <laughs> I, I was a Slimer kind of guy. I, I wasn't a Stay Puffed guy. So you got I got all these ghosts to choose from. You got those other ones that we all know the names of. Vigo. Yes. <laughs> Vigo. Like, I, I just the Scaleri like, brothers. Oh, they were good. just like yeah. They just could be jerking each other off in the ghost world and like, hey, let's go haunt, and then they go haunt for like twenty minutes, and then the Ghostbusters show up, and that's it. That's like that. That's the whole plot arc for those characters. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how this movie would work. Like this, this does this doesn't make sense to me. Like Harley Quinn and Joker is stupid. This this just does, I don't see how this works. Maybe like he just really enjoys the ghost world and prefers it to our own normal human society. <laughs> Who Ivan Reitman? Yeah, he's like we should all just go live in the ghost world. Come join me, kids. If anybody, I'd feel like uh, Dan Aykroyd would do that. He he strikes me as being a little bit out there now. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know, we could be getting... that, And I don't know if this 2019 release date that he's trying to throw around, I don't know if that's the, for this animated movie, or, I mean, the other thing he was mentioning was that it possibly we could be getting a new live-action movie. And he specifically mentioned the current run on the Ghostbusters comic, which sees the original cast come face-to-face with the rebooted female cast, thanks to, yet again, interdimensional portals. So, he... Reitman actually acknowledged that people were not happy with the that the original Ghostbusters were kind of ignored and that that whole continuity pushed aside for the rebooted female Ghostbusters. But this comic that put the two iterations of the Ghostbusters together, he said, gave him some new ideas for a new film. So I I mean I don't know if you can read into this and think that this is where they're going to go if they do another live action film. I mean, do you think we'll actually see the two? Like the original cast and the female Ghostbusters come together for a film? Do you think they'd bridge the gap somewhere? Are we definitely past uh, what's-his-name directing? The guy that did the first female one? Yes. Feige? Feige? Paul Paul Feig. Uh, I I don't know. I haven't seen his name tossed around. Because if if I would say if Ivan Reitman were behind it, I'd be on board. But yeah. I think Paul Feig has talent as a director, just not for a Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, yeah, because I don't. That movie lost money for Sony, and they wanted it to be a franchise. So obviously they're not rushing to make another one. I don't think. And I mean, unless they're trying to get something out in two years, that could be. That could be putting them under the gun. They could be rushing for that. But if they're if they've been working on this animated movie, I don't feel like two years is too much of a stretch to get that animated movie out. If they're trying to do something live action like this for 2019, like I feel like they got to be moving on this thing right now. And I we haven't I haven't seen anything for it other than Reitman's comments. So I don't know. Are you sure it's not just something he'd like like to do and not something that's actually planned to be done? Yeah, I, I'm again. I'm only reading excerpts, like clips from what he said at this panel. So taken out of context, I don't know if people are just reading into this and saying, "Oh, Reitman says Ghostbusters movies are coming," and that's not what he said. If you hear the whole conversation, I don't know. But a lot of the sites that I checked and looking for articles, they all sort of said the same thing, which was he's talking about other movies, so we could be getting something as soon as 2019. But nobody's sure what specifically we could be getting it just seems like he's throwing a lot of ideas out there and seeing what sticks but 
I, I don't know. It's definitely something, I mean, the idea that the original cast and the female cast get together, I think that's something I would like to see. Just because I think that's something they should have done from the start. Yes. So if they can somehow make that work, I, I would see that. I'd be more excited for that than just the regular female Ghostbusters. But do you want to see that, or do you just really want to see the original cast? The original cast. If they just did a straight yeah. original cast sequel, I'm hands down, take all my money. I'm, well, I'm yeah, exactly. That. Couldn't, though. Right. No. Aaron Ramis is gone. So, well, you know, they'd have to do it without him. And, and I don't Ernie know if they'd Hudson get... will do it for a nickel. Yeah, that's true. Dan Aykroyd's probably just waiting for the call. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if... Like, Bill Murray might be the other... One, I'm not sure of. He would do it. I would have said that about the third one, but he didn't want to do it. I feel like he might be able be more willing if the female cast is involved, since he was, you know, really on board for them taking over the franchise and had nothing but good good things to say about that cast. But that's because he didn't want to do another one. True. That's why he's like, hey, just get me out of this. So if they try to get him involved, I don't know if he would actually pull the trigger and, and be a part of that. I think, it, honestly, and it, it's going to sound bad, but if they really want to reboot the... In, or not reboot, if they really want to continue making Ghostbusters movies, they need to reboot the franchise and go after AAA comedians. It doesn't have to be an all-female or all-male cast, but go after AAA comedians. Get stars in this that can pull off the roles that you want and not just go to Saturday Night Live Girls and say, okay, do your best. Yeah. And because I feel like they, you know, it's nothing against their performances or anything like that. They just, they're not, I feel like the roles were bigger than they were. Yeah. You know, like the Ghostbusters franchise was, it's a, it's a big deal. And to hand it off to some people who, if you don't watch Saturday Night Live, you have no idea who half of them were. You know, so. Well, part of it, I think, felt like a gimmick to me. Like, we know we're not going to get the original cast back, so let's go the complete opposite direction and get all females, and then we just have to go with this because this is the future. It's like, I feel like they made a decision, like, I don't know, someone in the studio system, I feel like, made a decision that this was going to be a good idea without really judging how that could be taken by people that want to see these movies continue. And at that point, it was too late to turn back, so it was just like, full steam ahead, we're making this regardless if it sucks. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know, but part of me wants to see the version of this movie where you have, you know, Simon Pegg playing Egon, and Chris well, Pratt that. playing Dr. Vankman, Like I feel something like, they like could, that. They could re- like, this could easily, easily be rebooted, and I've talked about it, I know I've talked about it before. And you could even do it with the female cast if you want. Just have the old guys pass it off to another generation. You, they've even in the comics and stuff like they've franchised the Ghostbusters business, which means you could have Ghostbusters headquarters popping up all over the globe to deal with different ghost threats. You could have a different cast of characters for every single post that you put somewhere else in a different city. It doesn't all have to be in New York. It doesn't all have to be the same time, the same gadgets. Give them different shit to use. Or they and could I even. Swear, Flip it and make it ominous again. Because even though the first movies were funny, there was still an ominous tone to a lot of it where it was just all pure silly in this last one. Yeah, 
And that was even after Paul Feig stressing that this was going to be really scary, too, along with being really funny. It was neither. Yeah. So try again. Because I feel like there was, even back before I think the female Ghostbusters happened, there was rumors of, like, Channing Tatum and Chris Pratt trying to be involved in a Ghostbusters movie. And I would see the crap out of that. If they could do that, even if they want to put some female cast members in there, just do two and two. Chris Pratt, Channing Tatum, and then pick two other females to get in there and, and have the team of four. Like, I would I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah, that was from the Sony email leaks. That's right. Yeah, Channing Tatum was typing emails like a 12-year-old girl using all caps and, like, tons of exclamation points. I, I remember that. I have them saved somewhere. Because Tatum's emails were hilarious if you read them. Like, he would, like, email, because I think it was all from Amy Pascal, because she's that stupid bitch that thinks Venom and Spider-Man are going to be in the same universe. Um, They were all to her, and he would just be like, we need to make a Ghostbusters movie now, in, like, all caps, and, like, <laughs> do this shit, and, like, stuff like that. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, So, I don't know. What do you, I feel like I've just been ranting, so I, do you guys want to chime in with any of this stuff, or is it really just me again? Nah, I, I, I could care less if they ever make another Ghostbusters. Apparently, I'm a bigger Ghostbusters fan than anybody else. So this is this I'm is a huge Ghostbusters fan. It's just that the you're never going to capture the magic of those first two. It's no. never going to happen again. True. I'd still like them to try though. At least give the guys, the old guys, one more go. I don't I, think Bill Murray wants to be involved in any way. I think they could recapture magic if they put forth real effort at doing so. It's it's there that you know the you just have to Sony not doesn't phone it in. Yeah, Sony doesn't really do a good job anymore of putting in real effort into much of anything. That's true. Besides, like their video game consoles. Well, especially because uh, yeah. I think their their film division is just losing money. That's every what I mean. Year. Like they they just they are consistently missing the target consistently. So and they I, know it. And they, yeah. they know they need something that makes money, so they keep trying to put out these franchise tentpole movies, and they're they're losing more money on them. So the only reason they're going to make money this year is because of Spider-Man. Yeah. And they didn't even really make that. Yeah, but they're getting all the profits from it, so... Right. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They can thank Marvel for that buttload of cash. That's how bad they're doing. Marvel stepped in and was like, Take the profit. We just want to correct the fucking character. Yep. Like, you're just, you're shitting all over our, uh, like, our franchise character here. You know what? But we're going to, we'll, we'll take the reins and let you keep the money. And that's the reason Marvel will never get Spider-Man back ever. Because if they continue to make really good movies, Sony is going to continue to make money and never sell that character back to them. Yep. So, we got to hope to hell that all these Sony Spider-Man spinoffs that they want to do are going to just tank hard. Oh, they are. So, hopefully if they lose enough money on those, they'll want to sell them back, hopefully. Fingers crossed, anyway. Um, but I do think, I mean, Ian, you mentioned Bill Murray probably not coming back, and I agree, he probably won't. But I feel like there's a version of this movie they could do without him. It's probably the version they should have done with the start. Like, just, even with Harold Ramis gone, just, you know, say that these characters got old enough that they just passed away, and just have Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd 
trying to sustain the business and they can't do it themselves where they have to hire on new hands. That's I feel like plot. you really wanted something else or you're just like that kid who would like the parents tell them, yeah, your dog just went away to the farm for a couple <laughs> of years, Sonny. He's not dead. Like, oh, I've been hoping. This is a dead franchise, man. It's yeah, just over. I, I've been hoping and wishing for this movie to be made for so long that I just can't let it die. It's been 30 years. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> Maybe they'll do it for 35. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm hoping. I don't know. We'll see if I'm right. I'm probably not. Just, I should, I should let it go. <laughs> this whole time, I feel like you're about to start crying. I don't know why. I'm on the verge. You didn't sound like you're on the verge of tears for the last, like, 15 minutes. I'm holding it back pretty hard. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on before I do start crying. Let's go to... Um, Last stuff we're going to talk about is the, uh, we got some reveals for Deadpool 2. So Ryan Reynolds is starting the hype train for this movie. He's tweeted out some official pictures of two characters that are upcoming for Deadpool 2. So we got Zazie Beats as Domino. I think that's a fake name. And Josh Brolin as Cable. So both tweets I think I put on the Facebook page so you can go there and check it out or even just Google <laughs> Deadpool 2 Domino and Cable and you'll probably see the pictures. Um, so what do you guys think of what the characters look like for this movie? One yes, the other no. Um, and here's my thing. Cable looks pretty awesome. I don't think they're... They, they didn't really mess with the character a whole lot. Uh-huh. Domino... And it, this is... Let me be very clear. This is not a white versus black thing. Keep the same actress... Make her look like the comic book character. You know, it, yeah, it, I it, I agree with you. It's a it's a character that I've loved for I don't know twenty plus years of my life because she's such a cool ass character and she has a cool ass look in the books. And they just took that and said, "We're just going to toss that out the window and give her a patch over her eye and call it Domino." Um, now, my problem with it is, is that I feel like is this the people behind the first Deadpool making this decision, or is this Fox making the decision? Because I feel like kind of what we discussed on the Facebook page with Hope possibly playing a role in this and tying into their greater X-Men universe is Fox starting to insert their foot in the door of this movie. And Yeah, I don't know if I can answer that for you or not. It's a concern. I'm just saying it's a concern I have because I don't want them having control over it if you know i could be guaranteed 100 percent it was a decision of uh what's his name tim miller well he's the uh, one guy that's not coming back for this right so oh, i mean as far okay. as i know it's a still creative team he's just tim miller left the project so the same that's director right. from deadpool okay. one is not directing this one they got i can't remember his name but he was he co-directed john wick Oh, I, we did discuss that on. Yeah, we show did talk about. Back. I can't think of his name right now, but so I'm if, pretty sure it's the same creative team. It's just the director has swapped out. Right. So if it's a creative decision on their part and not any push from the studio on character appearance and story or anything, I'm fine with it. If it's them trying to insert anything into it, I'm not a fan of any of it. It's like as cool as it would be to see Cable with Hope if it's them pushing so that they can tie it into their fucked up X-Men universe. I'm not happy about it. 
All right, so let's let's sort of spin off there then, because I that's something I was going to bring up whenever we started getting around to it. But what Mike's referring to for the the cable picture, did anyone picture or pick out what is strapped to his belt? No. I, obviously, Mike picked it out because him and I were talking about it. Ian or Andy? No. Did anything stand out to you guys? Okay, so there's there's a beat up teddy bear that is strapped to his belt. So Mike and I were theorizing that that teddy bear belongs to Hope Summers, who in the comics was the first mutant born after, I think, M-Day was the event, right? Mm-hmm. That was where Scarlet Witch wiped out pretty much all the mutants. They were on the verge of extinction. No mutants were being born. A lot of mutants lost their powers. So Hope was the first mutant to be born after that event. So it almost saw like a second coming of, of mutants. She was basically like this messiah for people. So a lot of people wanted to kill her. A lot of people wanted to, you know, worship her. And to keep her out of trouble, the X-Men passed her off to Cable to keep her safe. Yes, he takes her into alternate timelines out of the current world to keep her safe and let her grow up to be an adult. So he carries around, you know, there's a whole series of comics where he's carrying around a baby strapped to him while he's going into gunfights. It's really kind of reckless. But it's Cable, so she's okay, you know. And the other fun part about that was that the other time-traveling X-Men that we know about, Bishop, finds finds Hope and blames Hope for his apocalyptic future, so he's out to kill him. So he's he's Bishop is hunting Cable and Hope through a lot of that story. Which if if they bring Bishop in like that for this movie, I'm gonna be that's gonna lose my shit. That's gonna be awesome. Agreed. Um so what sort of what Mike was saying is that if we suddenly get a Hope Summer storyline and, and Cable traveling through time trying to keep Hope safe, is that going to lead into a larger story for the X-Men universe? Is this going to bring Deadpool into the X-Men continuity that's already all fucked up? And now we're going to get more timelines and, and, and time traveling to really confuse everybody. I, like, I don't know. Ian and Andy, what do you guys think? Is that something you'd want to see? I'd really rather them keep them separate for the most part. <laughs> Just because the X-Men universe is so convoluted as it is right so i'd really rather like maybe make mentions and have special guest appearances but really don't because i'm just trying to think from from fox's point of view the only x-men property they have right now that is marketable is deadpool so if they want to try to you know merge the two and have this really interconnected x-men universe it would make sense for them to bring Deadpool into the larger X-Men universe, which is struggling. And, you know, something like that I could see being the creative differences that caused Tim Miller to leave. Because Tim Miller has been on record numerous times saying he wanted to make exactly the same movie like Deadpool 1, like its own fucked up little movie, and just make a sequel like that. Now, he left, so if that's not the vision that they were letting him do... That leads me to believe they wanted to connect all this together and try to make this big shared X-Men universe with Deadpool now almost leading the charge. And I guess, Mike, to your question, with that sort of thought process in mind, that would lead him to believe it's a studio-mandated thing. So that could mean the studio has a lot more fingers in this than we would like to think. 
that saddens me. That that's the only thing, the only way I could put it. It saddens me if that's the case because the reason the first one was so successful is because they didn't. And now that they have, they're right. putting their fingers back into that, I, I don't know how I feel about it right now. I'm gonna still reserve judgment and hope that Ryan Reynolds pushes the hell out of the director and creative team to not do that as much as possible. He still doesn't have control over a story. Yeah, I think he has a lot of pull. I think he has a lot of pull for this movie, so I'm hoping he can keep it on track for that. But, you know, Fox is the one paying the bill, so, you know, mm-hmm. push comes to shove. I don't know who's going to give. Um, Ian, what do you think for this? You want Deadpool to be part of the, the larger X-Men universe, or are you... Not really, but I think we all knew once it was successful, he was going to be. I kind of figured they'd drag give him, him out. I was hoping they'd give him a sequel on his own before they tried to merge them together. But and they might have if Apocalypse didn't suck so hard. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and I think they need it. And then Cable's like a great way to, especially of how fucked up the whole X Men Fox universe is right now with time traveling. And I don't actually know who Professor X is anymore. <laughs> so have some guy that can travel through time and shit. It's gonna really make it simple for them to fuck it up even more and just jump around and make whatever story they want which could work in a way like if you really wanted to just like adapt the best x-men stories and not really have them connect super hard like you know what i mean like just take the best ones they don't have to like really flow as well like the marvel universe is doing yeah just like kind of like the dc animated universe where they kind of like connect but you're just taking the best comic book stories that'd be fun that'd be a way for fox to make some money and cable's a nice way to do it with his time travel shit yeah but I think the problem is, is that, like, how's the comedy going to work if the studio gets to start writing these X-Men approved jokes almost? Right, yeah. Like, they want to make sure, like, you don't cross the line. <laughs> oh, going to they... make Deadpool 2 PG-13. I was going to mm-hmm. say, if they take the R rating away, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I, I, I want, like, if they take the R rating away, I probably won't even see it. I would actually protest it, because it's... Well, the other thing is, Fox probably now thinks that R-rated superhero movies are the way to go. Right. Between Deadpool and Logan, they're like, oh, this is a funny fucking moneymaker. We can make all these all we want. But, like, how like far on the line do you think they were R-wise? Like, how much could they have cut and gotten to a PG-13? For, what, the first Deadpool? Either of them. Deadpool or Logan. I mean, Deadpool is more the language. Like, I feel like you could dump mm-hmm. over the language and let that slide. And if Deadpool was shooting people without blood splatter, probably PG-13. Cutting mm-hmm. off his own hand, having sex for a whole year. Y- yeah. Uh, so th- there I mean, were... there's ways to cut around a lot of that stuff that you could make it PG-13. I don't think it was, like, a hard R. I think there's, like, you could make it work if they wanted to. I don't think they will just because, like, how good Logan did as well. I think they're yeah. fine with making these R movies now. Yeah. Well, especially because they know Marvel's not going to do it. So yeah. they're sort of in a league of their own with these R-rated superhero movies now. I think, if Zack De- Snyder. I think if Marvel <laughs> had the rights to Deadpool, they'd let that slide for Deadpool. A Disney-owned company would start no. making R-rated superhero movies? No way. I, I think for for the one character, they would. No, they just wouldn't make any movies they'll... of them. Yeah, I, I'm with Ian. I don't think they'd even do anything with them. Mm. I think it's PG-13 or nothing for Disney. Yeah, he's too he's too meta for Disney. Like they either that referencing shit, or they would release it under a different studio that's somehow still owned by Disney, but like makes a lot of their R-rated stuff. Yes, 
that's like it wouldn't be Disney it, Studios, it wouldn't be Marvel Studios, it would be something else with a Marvel logo in front of it, released by a different studio. They wouldn't. They wouldn't even bother with that because what would be the point if it doesn't connect to the whole Marvel expanded universe? I'm not saying it they won't connect. Do it. Make just, money. That's the thing. That's why they wouldn't do it. First... It has to connect. They're not going to make a one-off Deadpool movie in the Marvel universe that doesn't connect. Yeah, but it's they Deadpool. would never do that's that. Part of the. I, I I understand what you're getting at. That Disney wouldn't do it, but I think Brian is correct in that they would still make Deadpool movies. They just wouldn't tag them I mean, would to they, be like, associated with the others. Ryan Reynolds, I think, really pushed for what he wanted in the Deadpool movie, and I don't see any way Disney would have released that. So would anyone have been pushing for a Deadpool movie if Disney owned the character? Yeah, that's true. After I'm considering, like, assuming if if Marvel, like, got Deadpool back after, like, X-Men Origins Wolverine, oh, and no. how shitty that no, character that, was, that was portrayed, I don't think Disney would have done anything with Deadpool. No, definitely not. But that's also another... Back to another point I was making. Just because I don't want to forget, but... When... I mean, to me, the level to which they fucked with Domino and the look of the character is almost to the extent that they fucked with Deadpool and Origins. Oh, okay. Draw the line. Yeah, it's... You know, like I said, it's not a white or black thing. Domino is a race that does not exist on our planet. So, it, you know, it's just that that's not the way Domino looks. She's meant to look, you know, that's why her name's Domino, because she's white and she has a black spot. So she looks, right, so hang she on looks a sec, like I don't, a Domino. I'm not as familiar with, with Domino. Can you sort of give us a rundown of um, Domino? She's a mercenary, much, well... She goes from being a mercenary and a member of X-Force, kind of back and forth, depending on which, you know, comic series you're reading. Um, she has, like, stark white skin, like, I think, like, Joker-type skin. Has a black spot over her eye. Right. Her powers involve probability and luck. You know, everything kind of falls into place for Domino. And, I don't know, it just... The reason she's called Domino is because she looks like a domino. But they have, like, white dominoes with black spots. It's not... And black dominoes with white spots. It's not, like, <laughs> a hardcore thing. Like, but there's only one type of domino. I hear you on that. But am I wrong to say that this doesn't look a bit like Barf from Spaceballs? Oh, I could see that for the face, yeah. I was thinking more... It's... I kept thinking of, uh, what the hell's... Uh, Beyonce's character from Austin Powers? <laughs> I can't remember oh, her name. Foxy, Cle- Foxy Cleopatra. Yes, that's who I keep seeing. <laughs> it's just it's just the hair. Yeah. If if they gave her like the pixie haircut like Domino has in the comics, I I think I'd be fine. Yeah, that's throwing me off too. The whole afro thing, it doesn't... I don't know. It, to me, Domino's an assassin. And that haircut just is not going to function for stealth. Yeah, it doesn't scream subtlety. <laughs> yeah, you're not hiding behind a box and picking somebody off because they're going to see that. Um, I don't know, it just... I mean, but she could do something to her hair when she's on missions. Like, this is just, like... <laughs> this is casual this... domino. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're... I'm not judging yet. Like I said, we're yet to see. And there's also the... There's one other part of me, and I'm going to sound crazy for saying this, probably to everyone, but 
there's also the possibility that both of those pictures are trolls in some way, shape, or form. Because just to fuck with people. I mean, you realize they I, came from the star of the movie. And you realize the star of the movie is Ryan Reynolds. I, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see him pulling something like that. I don't know if he'd take... I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem like he'd take the effort. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But, if you look at the cable picture, and you look hard enough, that could be... It almost... To me, it looks like it could be like a mixture of Ryan Reynolds and Josh Brolin. See, now I feel like you're getting this con- like conspiracy theory shit. I know, and that's why I'm saying you're going to think I'm crazy. I'm saying it's not. I'm not saying I think that that's the case. I'm saying it's. It wouldn't surprise me if Ryan Reynolds decided to fuck with the fans. Is uh, is it, do you guys think Cable's actually Smog from the Hobbit movies? <laughs> <laughs> or what about Snoke? Do you think he's Snoke? <laughs> There's a Snoke theory we didn't discuss. Yeah, definitely Snoke. Uh, Was Snoke and Smog the same character? <laughs> <laughs> All right, it, I know it, it's crazy, and it's definitely not the case. I'm just saying, it it almost feels that way after seeing the way it looked, and I hope that I don't know. Part of me hopes that we still get to see Domino the way Domino was in the comics, and I guess part of me's looking for any possible way that that's still feasible. I'm hanging on to Ghostbusters movies. Mike's hanging on to Domino's comic book persona. <laughs> I'm hanging on to a bunch of girl cock. <laughs> I should cut that. <laughs> And record. Okay, guys. Um, I don't know if Ian and Andy. We didn't really get uh, Mike and I are going off on tangents here. What do you guys think of the costumes and the characters? I think like Cable looks fine. Like he doesn't look bad, which I guess I was almost worried about. Like it looks like they did a good job. Oh, look at that eye roll. The good job with the makeup (laughs) and the way he like. I like the little effect with the eye and. How it bands together, and I have no issue with Domino. I'm not familiar with Domino. She looks fine. She looks like a normal, like, assassin character with, like, a callback of a Tarantino, like, Foxy Brown thing. And I like yeah. that look. I think it works <laughs> for, I think it can work. And I think we'll have to see more. I, I hate judging these based on, like, how well they adapt the suits or the looks of the characters, because it's not necessarily important. You could say, you could say, well, if they don't do the look right, then why are they going to do the story right? But I think we saw with the first Deadpool, they got they can do the story. So I'm not concerned with the looks of characters. I mean, okay. they picked Negasonic Teenage Warhead as a character. No one knows who the fuck that is. <laughs> they made it work. I think they can make Domino work regardless of what she looks like. For all we know, it's actually a man. Like, let's wait and find <laughs> out. The only point I would argue is that nobody cares about Negasonic Teenage Warhead's storyline. Does she have a storyline? Somewhere, I'm sure. But nobody really gives a damn. It's not a character that a lot of people followed for years and years and years. Domino's been a character I've followed since 1992. But but I think there's a small subset of Deadpool fans that care about that. When we're talking about the larger Deadpool 2 audience, I feel like she's almost as irrelevant as Negasonic Teenage Warhead. So for Negasonic, she is not even remotely like her character in the comics. I have no idea what her character looks like in the comics. I only know this because I was I was picking up some of the X Men trades that Joss Whedon wrote. Negasonic is featured in one of those books, and she's basically like I don't even remember what her power set is, but she's not like a warhead. I don't think she just looks like an emo punk chick 
like all dressed in black and yeah. and sort of sort of scary looking. And I don't even remember her they, purpose they in the comic. Her but set. Yeah, so that's she's not anything like she is in the movie. She's well, I think she's the, de- the, definitely much better in the movie. Like I enjoyed her more in the movie than the comic, but they could they could take liberties. The the other issue I have is also based on dead, the first Deadpool. In that I can't remember I think her name's Marina Baccarin or something like that, that yeah. played Vanessa Carlisle. Vanessa Carlisle is copycat. Okay? That's that's Copycat's name. Copycat was the original Domino. Copycat's kind of like Mystique, can impersonate people in that sense. Okay. They look, their their look outside of, you know, when she impersonates Domino is almost identical. And that's how she's, why she chose Domino. She imprisoned Domino, she did all that, and part of myself and I'm I would think a lot of other people is that they were hoping that they would just recast Marina Backer into play Domino because she would have been perfect for the role as well. Okay, I see what you're saying. And it in anything else was kind of a letdown. So So you had expectations for Domino going in? Yes, based on their choice of naming her Vanessa Carlisle in the first movie. Gotcha, okay. If they gave her any other name it would be a little different. Yeah. Um, Andy, I want to make sure we get you in here. Anything you want to add for either of these characters? Um, I don't have a problem with either of them. I think Cable looks a little bit better than uh, Domino just because you're used to um, the way Domino looked in the comics. But I don't, I don't see it being a problem at all. I'm actually excited to see both of them. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 excited for Josh Brolin. I I think he could be a fun cable, especially sort of playing the deadpan guy against Deadpool. I think that could be fun. I think costume-wise the only thing for me that sort of I guess disappoints me is the fact that like the X-Men characters that they used in Deadpool between Deadpool himself, Colossus and Negasonic all had pretty comic book inspired uniforms, which I don't get from these two characters. Like I like, Megasonic literally had like the blue and yellow costume with the X Men logo all over it. I don't I don't get like Domino's costume from the comics does not really reflect it to me in the in the choice of costume for Domino for the movie. And I really wanted like the big fucking shoulder pads for Cable, and we didn't get that for his. So I'm I'm a little disappointed in that regard. I was trying to look back. Does he have the techno organic virus? I I did not recall in the picture myself, whether or not he had the virus I mean, he has the metal all over arm. his arm. So he yeah. does have the metal arm, so he does have the virus. Okay. That was something that I just couldn't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the, the their costumes are a little bit more simplistic, I think, than what I wanted. I wanted something a little bit closer to the comic book, but that's just, I guess, my preference. I mean, that could change over the course of the movie. True, mm-hmm. yeah, this could just be their starting costumes or something. Especially with Cable presumably traveling through time because something's wrong. He doesn't have time to get his costume ready. <laughs> luckily, luckily, Deadpool will have him a costume. Or I, I guarantee you there will just be a joke about shoulder pads. Or Thanos. <laughs> you know. Oh, there's definitely going to be a Thanos joke in there. Be oh, disappointed for if sure. There isn't. He would look good in purple. 
Yeah, I just I don't know. I want some costumes with the X Men logos. They've been so reluctant to do stuff like that in the in the movies. I guess we'll see what Dark Phoenix does for the X Men movies if we finally get the X Men in proper costumes. If I get finally get a fucking blue and yellow or blue and, or yellow and brown Wolverine. Yeah, something. Well, like, we're not gonna get Wolverine, but yeah, something like that. I know, but someday we need to get a fucking blue and yellow Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I, I want to see those comic book costumes brought to life on the screen. The closest I think we're going to get is the very last shot of Apocalypse with everybody in the danger room. I, I'm hoping that carries over into Dark Phoenix, but I don't, I don't know if we're going to get that lucky. Probably not. I mean, Psylocke was close. She was still the closest, but even like that whole lineup of characters they had at the end. Like yeah. I thought Cyclops looked pretty badass. Mystique had her right colors on. Nightcrawler, I think, had a pretty spot-on costume, too. I'm trying to remember Mystique had the white dress like. on? Not the dress. It was it was a uniform, but it had the right color scheme. Like the blue with the white and everything. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I didn't recall there being a dress. No, it definitely but... wasn't a dress. It was more tactical, I think. Gotcha. Um, that's the last topic I got. You guys got anything else uh, for this one you want to touch on? Nothing. All right. <laughs> You just let that one slide. You, you were... I, I know. I was like, oh, I, I should have <laughs> jumped on that. Like those girls, like, I'm not even when the pause it. lasted too long, I was like, nope, Ian's going to say something. I just got to go. Yeah, I got to <laughs> go too. <laughs> All right. Good enough time to wrap it up, I think. Uh, okay, so guys. Our... Check me out on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Bad guys. <laughs> he's anxious to get out of here. He's done. <laughs> he's throwing in the towel. He's done this for three weeks. He's over it. He's he's gonna take some time. I'm, off. I'm going for my record. I think I was at six or eight weeks. I'm gonna I'm gonna match it. Everyone <laughs> tune in every week as I slowly descend into the girl cock madness. Yeah, that's getting cut too. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. <laughs> that's what I say. I can only take so many girl cock mentions over the course of a show. I think you're done for today. <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> Nice. Okay, let's wrap this up. Thanks for guys for listening. Check out the, the Facebook plugs? page. You can do all the plugs. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. You started now. You might as well finish. Yeah, yeah. That's a BG. It's the Super Friends. Mostly Ian, the friend. He's the good one. Check him out on the Facebook. Uh, we got the Gmail account, BG and the Super Friends at gmail.com. Wrong address. Try again. Superfriends at gmail.com uh, we got the, we got we got the twitter one the png superfriends at twitter.com he's giving all the wrong information <laughs> and um you can check out our new youtube series bright guy and the super pals on youtube couldn't get the friends handle on there tough sell so yeah check us out download on our ir radio direct sync library tunes and uh, I think we're on. Uh, I think we're on uh, Craigslist now. I'll drive out to your house to drop off an MP3 of the show. We make house calls now. That's that's the thing that's gonna happen. Check it out. <laughs> uh, all right. So for the proper <laughs> proper outro, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. You can leave us a five star rating and review. Uh, be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Brian Super Friends. Go to facebook.com slash Brian Super Friends. Uh, you can send us questions, comments, topic suggestions there, or you can email us, Brian Super Friends at gmail.com or at BG Super Friends on Twitter. All of that will work. 
Uh, on behalf of Andy, Ian, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>